What's up, y'all? What's up? This is your host with the most. So have a toast, Lita Johnson. And we are here on Villanova Radio. It's it's going down. Listen, we got 25th in basketball. We got March schedules. Oh, let's get to it, baby. Oh, that means Lita Johnson's in broad form, baby. I've been looking at a lot of things. And right now, we're going to get on some football and some basketball. We're going we're gonna to talk some all that. Let's go on some football. This is this is a lot of football going on uh, as far as like recruiting. Bryce Ganius, a defensive tackle, athlete, committed to Villanova, and, and I like this kid. And I've always, I'm just looking at the 2021 class. It's not going to be as good as the uh, last couple of classes, but this is a good class. It's a good recruiting class. Um, if you look at um. Ganey, it's like, I just think the defensive line is just looking so good the last couple, three years. Like, the breakdown, they are carefully getting good prospects in the defensive line. And you can see it. You, you can see it. Um, Aiden Howard, Jake Green, Abena Noah Bodu. All right, now you got Ganey. And it's a possibility that a three-star defensive tackle, Isaiah Rogers, who they're still recruiting, could be a part of this defensive line. I'm really trying to see what's going to happen in that regard. If they're still going to add one guy. I talked to Isaiah Rogers um, a week ago. He was like, yeah, they're still after me. And that was before Ganius committed. But, you know, when people stop recruiting you, they stop recruiting you if they're going after one guy. Because eventually you'll get, look, they stop recruiting me. They're not recruiting me as hard. No, Rogers said they're still recruiting them, and they still have room. So, and then the other guy that they're recruiting is Antonio Johnson, the three-star tight end. Talk to him. They're still recruiting him. So they're still trying to get a tight end after losing Ty Summers. That's definitely going to come about. So, and if you look at this line, eventually you'll have guys like Aiden Howard and Jake Green and Obina or Noah Bodu and and Garrett Zobel and you know what I mean, like. Eventually, this this will be the guys left on C.J. Presley. This is an impressive haul. Of, this, Ross Pennypacker got to be, uh, I mean, goodness gracious, a kid in Candyland. Like, wow. I, I mean, since I've been doing, you know, it's been some impressive guys. You know, the trail we read and guys like um, Aaron Siegel. It's been some impressive guys, but none like they have now. Me some and CJ Presley, I just can't wait to see his progress as a player. I'm really, really tempted to see just how good this young man can get. Um, but Jay Green and Aiden Howard add enough to your line that's like, wow. Then this year you got Malik Fisher, Peter Fallon still here. Good veteran leadership. We need that. It is just so key. People don't understand when you got Zach Kirsten, guys like that when they were on the team. The veteran leadership that that they provide is priceless. Just can't have a bunch of young guys in there. They wouldn't have won without veteran leadership. This is something that don't go on the stat sheet. So now we got like the defensive line really intrigued. If, if I'm looking at it, I'm looking at Zobel. I'm looking at Nelson and Fisher. I mean, but you know, they have who they're going to put on there. Who knows who's going to start? I know Fisher's definitely going to start, and I think Nelson will for sure, but where is he going to be? Defensive tackle, defensive end. That's the only thing. And then that third guy is like, who? It could be anybody. It could be Fallon. You know, because you can always rotate, but if you put the vet in there, it looks like a little, you know, put the vet in there. But the guys they just got coming in is something. Like this year, just to see Aiden Howard and Jay Green and Obina on the line. 
And then now CJ Presley gets a chance to fire Garrett Zobel. We're going to see him progress more. I'm excited about the progress of Garrett Zobel and what he'll add. And then, like I say, Presley added a lot. He really did. Presley added a lot to the, to the table. Presley added a lot to the table, my man. Like, and then Jared Nelson's every game, he just turned into a more fearless leader. I just, I just want to really see the progress. But they can't, they can't, you got help now. Like, this is a good line. We're going to see Aiden Howard. People are going to be impressed by Aiden Howard. People are going to be impressed by Jay Green. Them two guys can really get down. And then looking at the offensive line, you know, Grant and gone. It's just so many guys that can step up. You, know, you got the Torres. You got Matt Mazza. You know, you got Michael Corby. So many guys that can step up that are talented. Um, Jake Pickard is, a, is out there. He's going to get Wyatt Hummel is out there. I mean, they we're forgetting about the recruits that they really went after hard and Hummel and Picard. Those were big commitments that they got. And this is their time to get in there and boom. And Billy Hambrook, Billy Hambrook, my man, Billy Hambrook, Jaden Rollins. I mean, this is now it's, it's a lot of talent. Like you're like, ooh, it's because they went after these guys. They really did. They went after a lot of linemen. If you really look at the last couple of classes, linemen, including this class, linemen have been a big. Big get. So, I just think they, they really know they have some offensive weapons. They got quarterbacks. Like, they got some real talent. Court. They want to protect these quarterbacks. Especially, they're both good. All of them are good on their feet. So, you want to give them space. You want to give them time to do them. So, I think it was real good to go after offensive linemen. I think offensive linemen was the one position I, I feel like I saw them besides cornerback, the, the defensive backs, go after a lot. And the, the defensive backs is their M.O., and then it helps their pass rush. But, see, they know you can't get no good defensive linemen without good secondary, so they're, they're just crowded in secondary. I mean, it's just a bunch of dogs back there. They're just back there. Getting it in, my man. Getting it in. Unbelievable. And I feel like um, when you look at this team and look at the recruiting class that they brought in, which will all come to, will all come to a head soon. I just think right now, are they going after losing out on Michael Washington? Are they going to go after another running back? The University of Buffalo snatched him up quick, so. Unbelievable turn of events because I thought he was going to be in Villanova. But Buffalo came up. He came up. They creeped up and got him. So I don't think they're in a rush for running backs because they're not. Obviously, even after Covington leaves, they still got another year with Jalen Jackson. They still got a couple of years with two a dynamic duo in D-Will Ball and T-Day. So they're not really hurting. Then they still got Mac uh, Catalano. So, they they have running backs. It's not like they're hurting at all. Like D. Will and T. D. would be freshmen, and then you get they got three more years with these guys this year. Then the next two years with those guys, it's not really a. It's not really a, um. A hard, you know, like well, we need a running back. No, 
Now, with Todd Summers gone, whew, that does a lot. It does a lot. So, um, we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to the song Spicy by Nas featuring Vivo 4 and ASAP Ferg. On our break, and yo, we are here for Villanova Nova Radio. So, we will be back on File Leader, y'all. Stay tuned. the leader man we are back and that was nice again again y'all know that spicy go get the king's disease album the legendary nice man but um listen um let's just get back to the 25th um we'll get back to football we're going back and forth everything but i just want to get back to um you no know, villanova is back in basketball and i just think it's going to be a real good first game this, this is my prediction. I'm talking about everybody that we talked about, like Cole Swider and, and Brandon Slater. I know everybody talking about, oh, Cole Swider was good early last season, but, you know, it's a different Cole Swider. He's a junior. <laughs> like Slater, do you realize that they have two juniors that were top 100 players, almost top 50? I mean, 
Well, Swatter was a top 50. Slater was like a top 60. And they're both juniors. They've learned from a, a culture like Villanova. Everybody should be very scared of that one, that point, and also the fact that Jeremiah Robinson Earl and has a second year playing. I mean, if we look at all the stuff that Villanova players and what they have done, what they have accomplished, you look at everything they've done and they've accomplished, you know they develop players. So this should be all Nova Nation talking about, oh, Antoine, Antoine has a second year. Who knows the type of year Cremo would have had if he had one more year? Do you understand Cremo probably would have been a 17-point-a-game score, or at least a 14? I say a 14. If you put Cremo on a second year with Villanova, things are going to be totally different. It would have been totally different. He just couldn't adapt as quick as everybody else. Like, I talked, and I'm talking to Eric Dixon when I had him on an interview. Y'all listen to Eric Dixon. Like, I'm talking to him, and he's like, yo, the way Robinson Earl adapted so fast, man, wow. Like he, it was really something, you know. He's the IQ of Robinson Earl is bigger than anything, and him playing center to me, he was out of position. If you're looking at basketball, you could totally tell he was out of position. But he played it to his hardest. He, I mean, he even played as a Buca with Kansas, played him hard, and you could just see that this guy was more powerful than Robinson Earl. But it was times that Robinson Earl got rebounds. The man's a fighter. He's a, he, he was Ray Wright knows who he wants with this unit. This cut Javon Cranley. Oh, he wasn't for no. Yes, he was exactly. Uh, the way he plays, his hardy play, he just didn't like the transition. He didn't like it. That's just what it was. It wasn't like he wasn't a fit. He, If y'all claim that a person not liking where it's at at this time, where he's at at this time, is not a good fit, that's not how Jay Wright picks him. That's not how it goes. Everybody that Jay Wright gets is a fit for Villanova. It's not like he, oh, he's just a good player. No, he's a fit. Cameron Reddish was a fit. Siobhan Duvall was a fit. Colin Sexton was a fit. These guys, Lonnie Walker was a fit. These guys are fits. He don't care who you are. He don't care if you're the number one. Jalen Green was a fit. But why he didn't go for Jalen Green? Because he, he they realized that they weren't going to get, they just felt like they weren't going to get. That's how they felt. They weren't going to get him. No matter, I talked to Marcus, Marcus Green, his stepfather, you know, a shout out to his mom, Bree, his uh, auntie, Christine, Christy, excuse me. Shout out to the whole Green squad that always go, was going where he was going, everywhere he was going to see him play. Especially his auntie, Christy Cannon, was popping. Like, that whole unit is unbelievable, like the way they supported him. And if you look at how his how he grew, Jay Wright had already went for a guy like Cameron Reddish and found out, guess what? It's done when Duke, Kentucky is involved. And look, he ended up going to the G League anyway. So they weren't going to get him anyway. So they were right not to spend all this time trying to convince Jalen Green because Jalen Green would have went to either Memphis. I think Memphis would have been it. I just feel like Memphis would have been it. I think he, he put that out there. I was looking at, you know, one time Marcus was like, USC. He was looking at USC because of Evan Mobley and, you know, being on Cali. But the wife wanted to leave. That's why if Nova would have came after Jalen Green, they would have been in the talks like everybody else. I feel like they would have been number one and just lost out to the G League. I mean, you look at Memphis and all that, but Jay Wright would have courted. Boy, I don't care what coach you are. You When Jay Wright comes, it's a already like winning, winning. <laughs> we're going to win. If we put my, you put Jalen Green in Villanova and that's a championship, but he wasn't going to go anyway. 
I remember one time he was like, uh, Marcus was like, I'm not going overseas because the stock is going to go down. Now, he knows R.J. Hampton's people. They are real cool. R Marcus Green and my boy Rod, they cool. And he felt like if his, it, I guess he's saying that R.J. Hampton's stock was took down by him going overseas. You know, if you, if you look at, no, his stock wasn't took down. What was took down was his minutes. His minutes were took taken down. That was it. The priority of him getting the ball. Jalen Green would have got the ball. They 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 wouldn't even shortchange him like that because of the type of star where he was at battling for number one all year. It was crazy too. But anyway, now we we're just going back to the disproving things. The front court. I mean, I got an article coming out about the front court. I, I got one doing, but I got one about the back court. It's just a very blessed back court, and I just feel like this game, everybody gonna get into it. Slater knows where he wants to shoot the ball. He knows everything in, in, in the court. By now this year, he's gotten used to not only college play but the court because the first year Slater played, you know how Jay Wright does his freshman, especially if you're not starting. If you're not starting, oh, yeah, you're coming off with a little Gillespie. Had, he, he impacted. He did his thing, but he had a little minutes. Cosby, Cosby Roundtree did the same thing his freshman year. You know, uh, even, even Samuels had a 10-point game before he got hurt his freshman year. But look at their minutes. If you're not starting – Unless they really need you like that year when they had just Sadiq Bay and Cole Swatter and Quinley was there. Like, it was a real young team. I mean, and even then, like, Quinley wasn't getting minutes like that at all. He, he was getting little minutes. He had a starting chance. He started. And now, like, that's just what it was. But he's going to let you learn your first year if he can help it. If he can help it your first year, you're going to learn. Just like when they said, uh, or he might redshirt Antoine. And then I thought about it. I said, uh-oh, that means Antoine ain't going to play like that. Even though Antoine said, I'm not red-shirted. He should have red-shirted. If I was him, I would have red-shirted. But I think Antoine, I don't know, I mean, it wouldn't have broke anything. He would have been getting the same minutes. He would have been getting the same impact he's going to make now. So I think he should have just went ahead and saved the year. You know what I mean? But he just wanted to be around. He, this guy can play. He, he He's a player. Him, guys like him and Scotty Lewis – no, man. They, they want to be around the game and get that experience and be on the floor. They're ball players. So he wasn't going to give up that. Whatever minutes he was getting on the floor, he wanted. So that's what he got. And so now you get this guy, this hungry guy that everybody's forgetting about, uh, James Harden type of score, super athletic, um, can pass the ball. Um, I think is a developing rebound on the college level. He'll be a better rebounder at the guard position. Just for, just for his position. He's a good rebounder. So he can bring the ball up. Like, I think that's the one thing. If if, if Moore got hurt and it was Antoine starting, you would have saw a different impact. Antoine, uh, you know, leading the ball, bringing the ball up court. Wait till you see his whole game as it progresses. They have a super saiyan on their team. Antoine is something different. And then you get another guy and Robinson Earl. Them two guys are different. They're different. And to see them both on the same team, people understand. Um, the first, the last time they had two uh, five stars, they they won a title. Anybody remember who those were? Jalen Brunson, Amari Spell. The last, and then the crazy part is, um, Amari and they were young. I mean, Jalen Brunson being a junior that year was so pivotal. Did we go with the junior thing? The junior part of it. 
you get that experience. Jalen Brunson was a different monster with experience. Once again, I say, watch out for Slater and Swatter. They got a lot to prove. They're around a bunch of talent. So, you know, they got to compete. They're good at competing. So, they got to prove themselves. They know it. Because now it's starting year next year. Next year, listen, Jermaine Samuels is gone, and so is Cosby Roundtree. That opens up the door for Cole Swatter and Slater to start. Robinson Earl will not be here. That is it. He's gone, especially with this year popping. He is out of here. He is in the 2021 draft, which will be a loaded, great draft. And he will be a first-round pick. I don't know about lottery yet. I say a top-20 pick. You ain't getting too many 6'9 guys that can. He reminds me of a, a more athletic Sharif Abdurrahim. That's how good Robinson Earl is. Now, next year, you got Trey Patterson and them guys coming in line, Gino. At one time, you looked at Max Christie, and you was like, whoa, it could take Slater's spot. Because if Max Christie come in there as a five-star and show something, it could take Slater's spot. No. And I'm not saying that Patterson couldn't still do it at his spot, but Christie was a little bit more higher rated. And, you know, when you get that certification, you're going to play those guys when they're showing something. Just, just, just something. Just showing some impact. You can have guys showing impact and don't play them because you got other players because you want to keep these guys back. But, you know, Jay Wright a little different, like Sadiq Bay, Justin Moore. Them guys came out the gate. Khalid Daniels, they came out the gate, like, really showing something in their first little appearances on the team, you know, practice. But still, if, if, if Jay Wright don't have to play you, he won't play you. He just know that you're – like Eric Dixon. Eric Dixon looked good in the black um, blue-white games. He did. He, he showed three-point shot. He was even in three-point contest. Like, he showed athleticism, explosiveness. I mean, he dunked. Listen, Eric Dixon showed more than uh, – listen, Eric Dixon, he could have played last year. But you want to save that guy. I mean, I'm telling you, listen, I know Jay, Jay wanted to save Antoine. Like, you could save these guys for some more years. I mean, it's a smart play. Save Eric Dixon. And he's going to be here for at least, at least three years. I think four. He's going to be a very good player. He's going to be an NBA player. So I just think in, in a mix of things, when you're looking at guys like um, like Antoine, it's going to be something different. Now, the, the recruiting process, let's just talk about some things. Um, everybody calm down. Will, the kills thing is killing everybody. Like You're looking at Duke and Duke, um, they got Branchero, they got Griffin, and kills is their third. That, that's the next guy that they really want. Caleb Houston is another guy. Um, Charles Bediaco is another guy. These guys they're looking for to get. And what's going to happen? I think Kills and Houston kind of, listen, they're both being recruited by Virginia and Duke. So what's going on? And, and, and they're top targets. Houston's a top target. People were like, oh, well, it's Bama and um, it's Bama and... Michigan, they've heard, yeah, they're in it. They're, they're one of the top teams. But I just think, like, right now, Virginia and Duke is dead. Like, that's it. That's it. To talking to him and seeing where Virginia is, and then you're looking at where Duke is. I mean, pff, quickly, they, they went right into it, right into his top teams. Quickly. Wasn't even a, pff, what? So, so now, the kill situation. Trevor Kills is just as good for Nova as anybody. I just think that you don't take him off Nova right now. I just don't see that right now. You don't take him off Villanova. 
Because you got to understand, Kill can get lost in the sauce in Duke. Like, it's been a lot of guys from Trevon Duvall, um, so many, like, Duke players. So many Duke players. I mean, these guys... These guys are playing unbelievable, but they're not getting their time to play. Joey Baker, he's a five-star. Kills could get lost in it. Kills will get time. Kills can even be starting. Let's just talk about their class. Kills will start on that, on that team. It's no question. But with Branchero and Griffin and Patrick Baldwin coming on this team, how do you even see Kills getting the ball the way he should? He'll be staying another year. He'll be staying a whole nother year. I guarantee you. He'll stay another year, just go, and then where's his draft stop? And what class? Well, what are you going to be? What class would he be? 2022? Yes. So on that, that end, you're going to have to be a little bit better. It's just not good. Just like if you look at Cassius Stanley. Look where he's at now. If he would have went to another program, that would have offered him the ball more. It would have been different. Like guys like that. Like Matthew Hurdy had to stay a second year, my man. Wendell Moore Jr. had to stay a second year. These are five stars. I'm just saying the only guys right now, A.J. Griffin and, and uh, Patrick Baldwin and Branchero are like top 15 guys. They're like top 15 guys. Top 15. I mean, Branchero is possibly the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. A.J. Griffin's a top 10, and so is Patrick Baldwin's a possible number one pick. They got two guys that can be like, so now you got kids. So I think Kills is looking at all this. It's a smart, smart family. They're looking at everything. Kills can go to Virginia or Villanova and really get his rocks off. So which 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 school can you go to to give you MBA and and develop you the best? It's Villanova. Everybody knows it. I mean, look at look at Bridges and look at Bay and look where they were at. Look at J- Jalen Brunson was the Player of the Year from Villanova, regardless of where he was, you know, put at or drafted at, which I think that was a low low rate to have him drafted there. Jalen Brunson was a Player of the Year maximize his potential, got him two rings. The resume of being at Villanova is just, it's a win-win. If you're going to milk out your potential, you're going to go to Villanova. If you're just going to say, okay, I got a one-shot deal of see that NBA scout see me and see that I could be a lottery pick or maybe a top 20 pick on, off my first year. You go to Duke and Kentucky and see, but it's a roll of the dice. You're basically fighting against your teammates. Depends on who's a higher-ranked team. You're basically fighting against your teammates. So I think that's just such a... um, It's so different. Because Villanova really has... Think about it. If kills comes, right, and then you got um, all the guys that's leaving, Right, you got Brizzy and Kikils would get first dibs. Brizzy might get a red shirt. Yeah, right? like if you're looking at uh, Chris Archie Giacchino, Justin Moore, Brian Antoine, 
if Brian Antoine, see this year is really, really microscope Brian Antoine because we don't know what he's going to do. If he, if, he, if he scores 11 points a game and shows their potential that NBA scouts saw in high school, he could go. But what, uh, NBA scouts have to look. Are, are they still looking at Antoine real hard? Because once you get off that radar, you, you can get back on, but it's like, okay, they might look at that first year like, okay, now let's put them back on the list. Or they might look at the next year like, ooh, Antoine. As opposed to Scotty Lewis, who had a lot of minutes, let a lot of scouts see him. He was on some boards, but, you know, he wasn't as high as he wanted to be. And now Scotty Lewis comes back to be a top 20 pick to a lottery pick because they're, they're already on him. Antoine isn't, you know, he, he has eyes. Of course, people know who Antoine is, but he doesn't have that, that stock no more. So now he has to get it back. Once he starts getting it back, then it's like, okay, let's look at him. His athleticism and ability to play, teams are going to start looking at that. But I guarantee you, once he, he impacts the first time, he's going to start getting on people's, getting in ears. People are going to start whispering about him. Um, one, just talk about, go back to football. I feel like it's a big year for Dupree Bryant, baby. Dupree Bryant. I mean, with Jer- now the receiving position, all that talent they got is time. Mitchell Bothwell, Jack Stanton. Let's see what Jack Stanton about. He went from a, a, a unbelievable defensive end. Unbelievable defensive end in high school. Now he's at tight end. He, he's, he's decent, decent in high school. It's a good strength. So if he can develop real good, if he can develop, he can really be something. You got to look at it. If he develops the ability to catch and be a beast after the catch with his strength, he can really be something at 6'3", 245. Like, he's a guy with size, and let's just see what he does. I'm really interested. That's where I'm like, I don't know how good he's going to do. You, know, you saw some of his plays in high school. You know, He was like, okay. But it wasn't like nothing that got you. But the guy made a switch from defensive end to tight end. I, I'm really this is my question mark. Stack Stanton, where is he going? Is he going to develop? Is he going to progress? Jack Stanton is the because now it's Mitchell Bothwell and him. I mean, you got another. You know what I mean, you, you're going to have some guys that you know. They come in there. You guys like Charlie Gilroy, who was a walk on. I remember I interviewed him when he walked on for Jack Boomer, and. um Colton Nizelski, those are other guys in tight end. And this is going to be interesting to see where they go here. Mitchell Bob, he's not going to just get a cakewalk. It's going to be a battle. Jack Boomer, they're all big guys. Uh, you know, excuse me. Uh, um, Jack Stanton is not, I don't know, what, 6'2", 245. I'm think about it. He, he's about 6'2", six, six, two, 230, if I, if I remember. But, yeah, he's a, like, it's going to be something to see these guys. You got guys who got scholarships and guys who didn't. They don't mean scholarship don't mean nothing. You're gonna come in there, you're gonna battle. So it's gonna be something to see these guys and see which guys actually develop and actually impact. It's gonna be real interesting. Um but but the receiver position now we got Daniel Smith back. It's exciting. Daniel Smith and Justin Covington are here. So that gives a whole nother outlook. Losing Tanga Hodge, um, Peter F- uh, Paul Gratton, and Ty Summers is big. But at the same time, you still got, now you get to see a, 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 a highly touted, one of the highest recruited, ranked recruiting uh, players in Villanova football history by 247 Sports, Mitchell Bothwell. You get to see this guy. Um, with Gratton out, you really get to see who they, I, think, I just think Mazza's going to be taking his spot. 
Gamroth, Mazza, uh, MJ Dumas, um, Kofi Apia, and you know, you, the next guy might be just Torres. Could be Torres at that position. They have a lot of talent. They can go anywhere they want. And they worked hard for this. I'm just really excited about what the coaching staff has done with the with the whole. They, they worked hard. It was holes in the coaching staff from, I mean, not, not the coaching staff, but in the uh, roster from linebacker to defensive line to receiver, and they attacked it. And the offensive line, they weren't deep at all in the offensive line. It, it was like really, three years ago, it was like really like, whoa. You know, you had some guys, but it wasn't deep at all. It was, it was guys that were there. Gratton and, and Opia and uh, Dumas turned out to be better than people thought. Like me, better than I thought. Like, because they were backing up at one time. And then it was guys who was in front of them that, that didn't turn out to be as good as they, they ended up being. Ain't that something? It was guys before them that not weren't as good as they ended up being. This is a good team. This is a real good team, man. And now they're in the point of a program to when you have steady talent coming in. Now you have talent on your roster. And now you can recruit even easier. That's what makes 2021 so different because there's a lot of guys they, they lost out on. They really didn't have to go for it. They really went and got out went out and got some good transfers like Denzel Williams this year. They got the kicker and Cole Brunts this year. Like, you're talking about they, they, they're they adding it. Now you got Brunts with Fun and Carroll. So now you, you, you go at your uh, kicking problem. You got guys that can return the ball everywhere from Pringle to Bryant. You, you ain't got no guys that can't return the football. Even D. Will Barley can return the football. So I'm just saying, like, now it's a whole different team. And now if they get Rodgers and Antonio Johnson, it's an impressive class. It's like the Forrest Ryan class just about. I got some real good players, Chance Hartley and, you know they got the down. The, they got the uh, you know, they got linebackers now. The linebacking, the linebacking, uh, the linebackers are good now. Like it, it's now they just have to develop. I'm anxious to see Josh Slay this year. Josh Slay was a big recruit. Let's see Owen Thomas. They're expecting big things. That linebacker out of him. So the linebacker has depth on it, and they have linebackers that that they're interesting guys. Owen Thomas was a big. He was a real good linebacker in high school, just like he was a tight end. He's ranked like three-star tight end at one time, you know. And um, as a linebacker, he was good. So we're going to see a lot from them. So listen, man, I just want to get y'all updated. Just break down some things. Here we go. Um, we got the spring when football comes in March. Then we got November basketball coming. It's going to be big. And like I said, Villanova basketball is going to impact and be exciting the first game. You're going to see stuff from everybody. And you want to, and they're playing like tournaments at first, which is great. Get these guys going. You'll get to see how they are at first. And I know it's real hard because, you know, the pandemic things had to be different. So look for some, some, some mishaps to happen. You know, look for it. Just look for it. But it ain't like it's going to last long because these guys are so talented. Everything's going to come right back. Kyle Gillespie, Dominic Cosby, Roundtree, and um, Jermaine Samuels. That's why I said, look, he's, he's already on the schedule. Dada's going to start. They're not putting, I don't know, you, you might put a bench player on, on a, a calendar, on the schedule. You know, because Villanova just always honors their freshmen, and these are the last three champions, the last three seniors. I mean, you know, the three seniors, the last three, the last champions. So maybe that's what they're doing. But I just think, no, Dada is going to start. You put Robinson Earl at power forward. Now that uh, Sadiq Bey is gone, you put another guy that's he's 6'9", that does what he does. 
it's, it's almost like a Sadiq Bay ish because he's he's just as he, he's bigger. He can do everything that he does. And if he starts shooting forty percent from three, wow! I mean, you, it's good to have him at power four because he could play outside. He can do a lot more things than playing inside. Dada is used to being inside. And when we're, you ain't got to listen on a team. You do not have to have a three point shooting center. It just helps a lot when a guy can shoot three, no doubt. But you don't have to have it at all. You don't have to have to win a championship. We proved that with Daniel Sheffu. So you get Dada. You put Dada on the bench with a Robinson Earl and a Jermaine Samuels playing together next to each other. Oh, we talking about Athletic City, baby. These are two athletes. And I see Bay is good, but Bay really didn't use his athleticism like that. He used a lot of fundamentals, shooting, posting you up. Shaking, you take you to the hole. But see, Robinson Earl and Samuels are dunk on you. They're dunking lane. They're, 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 they're taking off the backboard. It's like these two guys are going to be good next year. I'm, I can't wait to see how they play off each other. Then you got Colin Gillespie. And the big question is who's going to be next to Colin? Captain Colin, who's going to be next? It's, it's, it's really, really a hard fought battle right now because I'm kind of like in the air. Because really, all of them are going to get starters minutes. All four of those guards are going to get starters minutes. Colin, Caleb Daniels, Justin Moore, and Antoine are all going to get minutes. They're going to find a lineup to get all those guys minutes. That's why people say about Antoine, yeah, he can play some small four in lineups. Yeah, he can. It's easy you can put Antoine in there with a Daniels and Gillespie or Moore and Gillespie or Moore and Daniels or like you can do it a lot because of the length of Antoine. You can. It's no question. And then you can throw Samuels at the four and Robinson Earl at the five. That's a great uh, lineup to put in there. But not a starting lineup. You want to have your guys coming in and you want to bring them in when, when you're wearing them. You know why they, they, teams do stuff like that? You know why DiVincenzo ain't start? Because you want to wear teams down first. Then you come on with DiVincenzo off the bench. Wow. That's why I say if Antoine come off the bench, he's just going to still have the same impact he was starting. Because that's how they're going to discard you. They use their guards. You might be a small four on the bench and, you know, you might think about men's down as a guard. Any guard going to Villanova should take that. So... Looking at Villanova, that definitely could happen. You could see Moore or Daniels both on the because Moore plays some point guard. So it ain't like they wouldn't say, okay, let's put Moore on the bench and then Antoine come off. Yes, Moore, I think more men are going to get chopped because of Daniels, and so is Antoine because of Daniels. Daniels is, a, is, is an experienced player. He's a go-getter. I see that. But it ain't like they're going to get chopped like that. You might see 13, 14 minutes from both of them. or And then see Daniels getting like 17 or something like that. That could happen. Even if Daniels is off the bench because of where he is in his, uh, you know, upperclassmen. And he's a guy that, you know, he's ready. I mean, you hear so much hype on Caleb Daniels. College basketball has hype on Caleb Daniels. So he's going to be out there. He's going to be showtime. It's going to be exciting. I just not would not be surprised to see Daniel starting, and then next year he's the point guard. When uh, and Antoine and Moore both can become starters, I think that's what's going to happen next year. That's another thing, and that's why I say this is a competition because if Slater proves he could be a starting small forward, that could be another battle. Will Antoine start and then Slater? Because Slater's a senior. 
Like, things are going to be different. It's really going to be a battle. A lot of talent on Villanova right now. But if this, this is the, the key thing. If Antoine shows what he's about and he's certified, he's going to get time. He's going to get time. I don't care who Slater, what Slater does. If Antoine shows what he's about, he's going to get time. That's why I say, like, this is a real close edge because if Moore can go in there and be good, but if Antoine shows what he showed right before when he recruited him, it's over with. Moore has been good. Wright knew that. But if Antoine goes in there and shows what he's got, Antoine going to start. I pretty much, that just looks like those two five stars would be on the starting lineup. So, it's real. I want to see how this goes. If he goes on the bench, he still can get drafted in the first round. Or he will be the key guy off the bench. That's why I say if 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 it's a big thing if 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 Daniels, if Antoine is on the bench, I think that's that Daniels starts. Because now it's like, okay, let's put Daniels in there. And then we got Antoine and more. We got them for what? This many like we got more for this many years and this and that. That's why I say it's easy for them to put Antoine as starter. For next year, and then Moore's on the bench because Moore's not the kind of guy rushing his. He's not rushing anything. Moore get his chance to start. He will get his chance to start. Once Antoine is in there, scouts are going to see him. He's going to go to the NBA, and then Moore's going to have his chance to start. And I'm telling y'all, if it ain't this year, next year, Antoine leaves, then Moore starts the next year. I don't care who comes in, Don Gino. I don't care who it is, Kills, whoever you. Moore's going to start over anybody. So he'll have his chance. So listen, y'all, I'm out. Leader Johnson, follow Leader. Uh, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. I'll see y'all, man. Follow Leader.